Welcome back to the podcast. I have a new microphone today, so hoping the sound of the audio will be clearer and more enjoyable. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about another story, something that happened recently that I have been thinking a lot about in regards to my entrepreneurial journey. So by recent, I mean within the last year, and that is debt. I, I'll call it entrepreneurial debt. The reason why this story is so important to me is because it's kind of one of those things like if you don't figure it out, uh, what you're doing, how to be an entrepreneur, you'll end up collecting this debt that you may never be able to properly pay it off. And it is extremely frustrating and depressing really because you're trying so hard to make something work so that you can provide for your family and you can provide for yourself and it's just like it kind of feels like not life's knocking you down because it's it, here, here you are uh, trying to start your journey and you're on Google or whatever search engine you use and you're searching around and you're just you're looking for the answer to the question how do I begin becoming an entrepreneur how do I start an online business and so I'm not going to provide any names of any specific services in this one because I don't want to bash on anyone. Um, I might go into that more in the future, but I, I want to talk about the experience, what it was like for me. So the first time I signed up for something, I w was drawn to the person's charisma because they were not flamboyant, but extremely confident in what they, they were talking about. It was a guy who was very uh, confident in what he was talking about. And at the end, he pitched uh, an offer for a service that where he would uh, train you. And it was like one of those kind of self-directed courses. It, but it cost like, I think it was like $1,000, which I didn't really have at the time. I mean, we, we kind of had it saved, but we were going to use it for other things. But I talked my wife into letting me spend it on this thing because I really wanted to start my own business. And she being the really kind, sweet person that she is, relented and said, okay, as long as you do it. And so I bought that and then I pulled out my credit card and ended up charging another thing offered by this certain person and another thing. And next thing I know, I've spent like $4,000 on this guy's stuff. And it does work. This one wasn't a scam, but the problem was I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I'd spent $4,000 with no idea what I actually want to do. And the reason I'm defending it and saying it's not a scam is because this guy has had plenty of success helping other people who did know what they wanted to do, who already had a direction figured out. I didn't have that. And so at one, eventually I decided, you know, I'm going to give affiliate marketing a shot. And so I, I tried throwing everything into affiliate marketing and spent more money and more money and more money that I didn't have. And next thing I know, I'm hitting the max limit on my credit card um, and then on another one. And at that point, I had to just step back. I should, I should have done this much sooner, uh, but I didn't because I was so desperate to make this work. I, I felt like if I don't make this work, I'm putting all this money in for nothing. And, but I didn't get it work. 
get it get it to work and so at the end i i, I had that feeling I've, put, I've done all this work for nothing i have nothing to show for it except debt and i will never forget what my wife told me because it it made me feel i don't want to say good about myself but it kept me from giving up entirely i put it off for uh, i stopped doing it for another year so i could focus on paying down some of the debt and just went back to working my normal uh, nine to five job and made some progress there. And then the coronavirus hit and I was right back kind of in home, you know, everyone has spent a lot of time in home as a result of this. But I knew that I was going to be spending a lot of time at home and I was probably, I don't know when the next opportunity to start my own business was going to uh, present itself. So this was like a year after the last time. And this whole time, like over the, the, the year that passed, I had this thought in my head. It's like, it's only going to be for nothing if you don't do anything else going forward. And if I, want, if I was to share a message uh, from this podcast today, it, that, that's something I'd like to go ahead and share. If you don't do anything else, that is what kind of makes it all for nothing. But as long as you keep pushing forward and keep doing little things, that'll eventually lead to big things that'll move you in the direction of the goal you're trying to get, then it's not all for nothing. Then you are still moving in the direction of that goal. So I, I look at the debt that was accumulated by trying to start my business, and I see it, I mean, I do see debt but I also see it as stepping stones to get where I'm trying to go. Sometimes it, it takes money to build the staircase that's going to allow you to get up to the level you need to be at to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to do. So as I can get getting back to like, I spent $4,000 on these courses and then I spent a few thousand dollars trying to build a list and then I didn't have anything to actually sell the list and I didn't know how to communicate with them and build a relationship with them. And so now I've got a list at this point that's just sitting there and I'm staring at all the names and email addresses on it and I'm like, I have no idea what to do with this thing. And that was such a depressing feeling because I felt like there are people on this list that I can help. And I have no idea how to help them. And it was just, it really troubled me. And that's part of why I didn't also continue pushing it for a little while. It's like, I needed to figure out what is it I actually want to do to help people. There's a couple of things I want to do, actually. I, I've mentioned before, I enjoy solving puzzles. I, I specifically like logical kind of technical puzzles where you need to figure out how to make this system work or this process work. I, I enjoy doing that. It's why I've been successful as a software engineer. But I didn't want to do that long term. And so I started looking, well, where else can I apply this? Where else have I applied this? And I looked at how I have overcome my social anxiety. At, I mean, not, not, it's one of those things you'll probably always live with, but you can overcome it to the extent that it lets you move your life in the direction you want to go. It no longer hinders you and prevents you from doing that. So I've overcome it in such a manner. <clears throat> and 
I overcame it using logical processes, thinking. Um, one of my favorite quotes uh, ever is from the Ninja Turtles movie that came out like right at the beginning of the 1990s. And there, there's a scene where Raphael is coming back from uh, going to the movies and he had this whole run-in with Casey Jones and he's like angry as he's arriving and Master Splinter says, uh, come sit down and talk to me and Raphael's like, can't this wait till morning? And Splinter's like, you will listen now. And so Raphael sits down and I, I will never forget what he told him because this has been something that has been something that I have latched onto and has been a driving force for me to overcome everything else. He says, Splinter says, my master Yoshi's first rule was possess the right thinking. Only then can you possess the gifts of strength, knowledge, and peace. And that, that, that possess the right thinking has bounced around inside of my head so much. And he, this, this message that he was trying to convey to Raphael was like, if you don't think about this, in the way you need to, you're never going to get where you're trying to go. You're never going to get away from this anger because you're not thinking the way you need to to get away from it. And I mean, that's not an easy pill to swallow. It's, it's kind of unpleasant and it, it, and it hurts. It's a physically, emotionally painful thing. But I took it and I, I started when I found myself in certain situations, I tried really hard to possess the right thinking. Rather than thinking what would keep me from doing this, I started thinking about what would be the benefits of doing whatever it is I was trying to do. So here I am trying to continue running this business and I realized I have taken this statement and I have spent my life building a life using that as this focal point, this foundation. And I saw my life as this puzzle that needed to be solved. And so I started breaking down, well, why can't I talk to other people? And then I figured out how to do that. And I started figuring out why am I scared of other people and figured out what to do about that. Then as I got older and graduated from college and got married, I started <clears throat> Let me just stop for there for a second. I spent, right after I got married, we were still living in a college town, and I spent eight months out of work because first, all the, town, all, all the jobs in town were taken. Uh, I, I applied at many places, and I either didn't get called back or I just wasn't chosen. And I, I could never figure out, I was like, is there something wrong with me that I can't get a job? But the point is, I was out of work for eight months. And I could have simply taken this thought of, I guess I'm just not someone that people want to hire. And, I mean, that wouldn't have helped me accomplish anything. And that, that's exactly why I didn't follow that train of thought. It's like, I have a wife to provide for. At some point in the probably not too distant future, we're going to try to start a family. Um, and I need to get myself in a position that allows us to actually do that. And so we, we found a way to move and we moved from Idaho to Salt Lake City and 
within a month of being there, I was able to get a job as a janitor uh, because it wasn't just a college town anymore. And like the, where I lived in Idaho, it was just like this tiny kind of almost rural-ish rural -ish college town. And so you had all these people coming for college and they just swept up the few jobs that were available. But so here I am, I've got a job as a custodian uh, now, uh, eight months after <laughs> I've been married and did that for about a month and a half, two months, and then was able to land a job as an IT uh, help desk uh, person who took calls over the phone and answered support questions and helped people reset their passwords and other things related to the University of Utah, which was located in uh, Salt Lake City. That, that, that's where I was working. And so from there, I started trying to figure out ways. It, it, was, it wasn't just a job. It was the means to an end. It's like, this is my first real job, second real job. The, the custodian was a real job, but this is my second job that has the potential to turn into something uh, after I got married. And so it didn't take long for me to realize I did not like talking to other people on the phone, helping them with the, their support problems because they were when they called in they were generally agitated and if you didn't help them fast enough uh, they got angry at you and they would take out their frustrations on you and it, it wasn't pleasant and it actually kind of ruined uh, my desire to even be around people for quite some time I, I began taking jobs after that where like I mean you're always gonna be around people but uh, part of the reason I was open to the idea of becoming a software engineer is because you get to spend a lot of time in front of your desk just working on code and people don't bother you until there's a meeting and that's it. Uh, there's very little interaction with other people. And that worked, that worked great for me for a time. Um, I, I was able to set some goals for myself and one of the big goals is like, you know, I don't just want to do the same thing everyone else does. I don't just want to get up when my alarm goes off, even though I don't want to be up. I don't want to um, like spend more time at the office than I do with my family. And just all these other things that we've come to accept as a standard part of society. I didn't want that. And yet here I was pursuing a career that in a lot of ways did those exact things to me. There were multiple times where I pulled like all-nighters working like where I was in the office from sunup to sundown till after sunup again and then to like afternoon. There was even one time where I, I had worked so long that I was so tired I had to ask my wife to come pick me up because I just did not feel safe driving home and um, did not take me long from that point on to be like I never want to ever do this again. And so I pursued the software engineering in that I was pretty good at it and it allowed me to continue to provide for my family, but I started looking for every opportunity I could to start figuring out what I was going to do next. And that is what led me to start looking into becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, I um, 
that gets me back to the story where I started. So I spent all this money. And then after that year, the, 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 the reason I wanted to mention those things is to give you a background why being an entrepreneur is so important to me because these jobs well, in college we're just trained to work for other people and I don't just want to work for other people I want to you see the things that we do in a lot of those positions they're they're not really contributed uh, contributing to anything lasting and they're marginally fulfilling at best if at all and I wanted to do something that was fulfilling something that had purpose and that's why I started looking into an entrepreneurship uh, and so the thought I had is like yes I am spending money to build this staircase to climb where I need to be but if I can get there it's worth every penny and the other realization I had and this is kind of what got me to stop spending money on things is that a lot of these programs teach the same things uh, I'm just going to say it, they teach the same things. Here's how you select a product, here's how you build an offer, here's how you start building an audience, and I realized I just needed to do some research on who was offering the courses, select the person who was best at it, and follow that person. And for me, the person that I came up with was Russell Brunson, who's the creator of ClickFunnels. The other reason I stuck with him it's because rather than just, I mean, he does have some expensive things, but they're usually reserved for people who have already had some success. Like his entry level for getting the knowledge was like only $100. And then he regularly does deals for ClickFunnels. Like uh, I, I'll admit I paid another thousand for ClickFunnels, but that included like six months of the platform, including, including a bunch of different training content and other things. And so I kind of got everything I needed to get my business going one more time. Uh, I say one more time because this was the last time I did it and I am going to continue to push from this point unceasingly until I get where I'm trying to go because now I do know what I want to do. The challenge is figuring out how to best do it. I want to share my message with other people in a way that empowers them to share their message with other people. They're not just like in a way that they have to like have an internet based audience or something like that. I want people to realize my message is what I have to say to other people. My message to my wife that I want to share with her is that I love her, I care about her, I don't take her for granted, and I am grateful to have her. And so I I have to figure out how do I share that message with the right audience. In this case, that's her uh, and other family members we relate to who want, who are going to see that I care about her as well. The best way for me to show that to her is literally by the things that I do. I mean, I tell her that I love her, but then I try to back it up by doing something that shows that I love her. It could be it could be little things like cleaning the bathroom. Today, <laughs> I emptied. Uh, all the trash went around the house and collected all the dirty diapers and it's a little thing in it um, you know it's well within my responsibilities as a father and a husband but it's also something I didn't wait for her to do I did it myself and she was grateful for it because she didn't have to do it and that that is how I show my wife I love her by doing things 
that she doesn't have to do, that I know she's not going to want to do, and I make an effort to do that and then tell her, I love you, um, hey, I, I did this, um, so don't worry about it, or hey, I, I, I changed the baby's diaper, or hey, I spent some time with the kids today. So-and-so is sick, so I, I got him a blanket and got him some food before I went down to my office to work and things like that. When it comes to sharing your message, share it. At some point, you'll get proficient at doing so, and you'll get better at it. And that is my message to people. That is what I want to do as an entrepreneur now, is help people share their message, whatever kind it is, with whoever the right audience is, and hopefully in a way that helps them become a better person at the same time that they're learning how to share their message. That is where my entrepreneurial journey is leading me. In addition, I'm still very interested in like um, processes and stuff, so I'm also at the same time trying to become an affiliate uh, marketer again because I just think it's a cool process and I really want to figure it out and make it work because I think it's fun. I think it's fun to figure it all out. But that's my message today. Uh, thank you for listening and I look forward to sharing another story next time.